0: like you've not been able to make headway in achieving your goals? Or did you start the year pumped, ready to move forward on making things happen and simply lost your way? Things don't need to just get better. They actually can be better. In Design Your Dream Life, I'll show you a proven pathway to take you from where you are now to a life filled with joy, wholeness, success, and fulfillment. I'll give you the keys to not just developing a plan, but taking massive, empowered action to make your dreams a reality. Turn roadblocks into stepping stones and leverage the power of gratitude and forgiveness. Let's face it, taking massive empowered action and making your dreams a reality isn't always easy. So I'll be there with you every step of the way. Visit dreamlifetoolkit.com to purchase your copy of Design Your Dream Life, obtain resources and join our free community. Again, that's dreamlifetoolkit.com. Big, big welcome back to the Dreamcast. In today's episode, you are going to hear an interview where I get to talk to a friend who has been through several major transitions. She went from a financial advisor to marketing and sales and now is helping people mind hack their way to emotional health. She is full of wisdom and experience and loves to help people show up every day to their full potential. She knows that when you're misaligned, everything's off. And that's not a joke. It's really true. (laughs) And I can't wait for you to learn more from her. So big Dreamcast, welcome to Alina Conley.
1: Hi, Denise. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here.
0: Well, we met in in our company and we met as kind of sidelines, we connected in leadership events, marketing and social media is your jam. So we'll talk a bit about that. But you have transitioned into really helping people get unstuck, figure out what they want, and then step fully into it. And so start by telling us a little bit about who you are and your marketing background. So
1: like Denise said, I'm Alina Conley. I live here in Atlanta, Georgia with my husband Prince and my three kiddos. Yes, I have three kids under the age of five. Um, and so you can imagine life it is quite insane. I actually have a background in business, more so on the finance side. So I kind of Took a pretty traditional path growing up, you know, Girl Scouts, church involvement. Ended up at Florida A&M, where I did an accelerated MBA program with a concentration in finance. Went on to work in New York City at J.P. Morgan in what I thought was my dream job. Um, I was working in the private bank, which was basically working with high network individuals and really just helping them to plan succession plan and plan for generational wealth and kind of what that looked like to grow their money. And basically, probably about, I would say, four years into my career, I realized that, you know, I really wasn't going to ever be on the other side of the table unless I was able to switch gears a little bit. Most of the people that were our clients at some point in their family lineage had some form of entrepreneurship or family owned businesses. So that's where I really started to look back at some of my own personal goals to get into entrepreneurship. And so at the time, one of my girlfriends decided to launch her own company. She brought me on board and it was really my first taste of, you know, that, that hustle, right. That burning the midnight oil and just not even caring if you got any sleep because you were so driven by passion. Um, And so in 2013, I left my full-time job, my salary, um, and went on to what I call my search for fulfillment. And that actually led me into entrepreneurship full time. I was still working with my girlfriend's company, The Lip Bar. I had launched my first iPhone app called Girl Talk. This was like the, uh, the first emojis <laughs> that really expressed women's expression um, in a diverse way, way before kamoji So if anybody ever asked you, I was one of the first. <laughs> And then that's when I actually fell into um, direct sales and, and fell into an opportunity that was just life changing for me because it allowed me to really just hone in on all of those business skills that I had learned, but pair them with my own personal brand. And so I did that for almost six years. But through that experience, I actually found that what I loved most was the people. We like to, I guess what we what we call onboard and train people based off their color personalities. And that's something that I think personally was probably one of my number one success drivers. You know, I've never been motivated by money. I'm not a super type A person. I am a blue at my core, which means I love people. I love to have fun. And so I was able to really dissect those personalities and get to the core of what makes people show up every day. Um, And so now you know, that I've kind of transitioned out of sales, what I do is I focus on the things that I saw preventing people from having success when I worked with them. Um, And what was happening is that people could be these amazing individuals with these authentic characteristics, but then at some point, they went through some type of life transition. Maybe it was a new job. Maybe they became a mom. Maybe they became a wife. Maybe they moved across the state. And somehow, The transition from who they were into who they are now left them feeling like they didn't know themselves. And so they were unable to show up in a way where they could even market themselves. You know, it was like we would give them the playbook, but then they couldn't market it. And so I decided to transition into a place where I help people get a little more aligned prior to. Business coaches, right? Like, don't even invest in a business coach if you don't even know who you are, what you want to do, how you want to do it. Um, And so, I really like to kind of hop in there and bridge the gap between like who somebody thought they, who they think they are at their core, how they're showing up daily, and how do we make sure that those two people match?
0: Ooh, that's beautiful. And and I I hear you because you can tell people what to do all day long. You can give them the roadmap, the X Y Z, the perfect script but half of them don't do it, <laughs> and maybe even more. Or if they do it, they feel so insecure while doing it that they don't show up well while they're doing it. So mm-hmm. you've taken what you've learned in sales and marketing and personal branding and all of that stuff, and you've, you've said, this is important, but really it's the person posting it that matters most. So tell us a little bit about what you have found gets people stuck. And then we'll talk about how they get unstuck.
1: So I think that people don't realize that just like our cars, we can get misaligned, right? So the way that I like to describe it is you could be literally just like cruising And I mean, you've checked all the boxes, you're doing all the things. But at some point, the things that may have been important to you, say, as a freshman in college, when you determined you're majoring your future for the rest of your life, at some point, those things may not be as important, right? So we talk about these life transitions. So I know for me, for example, um, when I was probably going into my fourth or fifth year um, in banking, I realized that I didn't wake up excited about the markets anymore. Um, I realized that I had a yearning for more of a social life. I had a passion for education and teaching people. Um, And then I also had this love for like social media and technology. So a misalignment would have occurred if I would have stayed in banking, right? If I'm waking up every day knowing, okay, something that I did once love doesn't fulfill me anymore. If I would have kept doing that just because, you know I didn't go inward and and figure out what that looked like for me. I would continue to live in a path that is just not where I am. instead, my goal with people is to pinpoint where those misalignments are. Is it your career? Is it that you truly feel the most joy when you're with your family and friends yet you only see them once a quarter or four times a year? Is it that you have all of these built up passions? You have no outlet for them. A lot of times people think that it's just career. Oh, well, you know, I'm not in the right career. That's why I feel this way. But it could be simple things. Like I know for me, catching up with my girlfriends, it is a creative space for me. It helps me reconnect with people, it helps me get regain my energy. It makes me feel more grounded. And so I have to be very intentional about making sure that I put myself in situations that facilitate that environment. So whether that's me traveling to see them or whether that's me taking a very um, simple option like FaceTiming more, it elevates my mood to a place where I feel more aligned when I do those things. And so the key is doing the work to figure out if there's a discomfort, and most times we can feel that. (laughs) As soon as you wake up, you can typically feel an ache in your body. And then doing the work to to figure out what are those things that are really just at my core not right. And then we, we take that next step of trying to figure out, okay the things that feel misaligned, what are the next steps to getting them in order so that I can create a life that actually matches the things that are appropriate for me in this season?
0: Well, I think this is super important for anybody going through a transition because we do change. We do pivot. Our priorities shift. Now you've got three little kiddos. I'm sure things are different now than they were 10 years ago. Your goals have changed and what you deem important has changed. And it's important to go back to the drawing board every once in a while and say, all right, well, who am I now? And who do I want to be? One thing I hear you saying is that it's something that used to Create passion no longer does, Mm -hmm. and I think sometimes we can take a look and think, "Man, I made a mistake by going into this career, or I totally messed it up because now I'm a lawyer and I hate my job." You know those types of things, and we can beat ourselves up for that. Mm -hmm. But what I hear you saying is that probably did light you up at one point, right? Mm -hmm. That that Mm -hmm. was a passion, but now things are changed, and we just. Instead of judging that, we can take a look at where we are now. So one question I have is, first of all, it sounds like listening is important. So tell me, how would somebody listen or pay attention to the discomfort?
1: Yeah, so I think that it's one of those things that's similar to like when you think about meditation or mindfulness or being present. A lot of times we take for granted the the signs that our, our body is are giving us when, when we're in situations that may not be ideal. I, I love how, I know that you, like me, are a fan of Dr. Caroline Lee, but in one of her podcast episodes, she talks about why stress and anxiety are actually healthy for us. You know, it helps us to, it's our body's way of showing us that there's something in that moment that we should be paying attention to. And so I think that when people make the effort to be still, that's when they can start to dissect their thoughts. They can listen to their body. Um, they can kind of see how fast their breath work is. I know that for me, you know, my body will always tense up in my shoulders when there's something that's making me super anxious. So a real life example of that would be as a mom, I was recognizing that every time I would go and pick up my kid, my son, my heart rate would get higher. Um, I would start to tense up and I I was like, okay, why am I getting anxious every time I go pick up my son? And I realized it was because pretty much five, I would say four out of the five days, I was getting bad reports about something that he was doing at school. And so, you know, what was happening was, just in that little report, I was subconsciously telling myself, you're a a terrible parent. But I was also saying, okay, you need to spend more time. You need to read more books. But really what the anxiety was trying to tell me was pay attention to what's happening in this moment. You know, is this the right school for him? Are these the right teachers? Are there some things that are happening throughout his day that are causing him to act out? So those are examples of me listening to my body, right? My physical body, uh, my heart rate, my mind, uh, (laughs) the way that I, you know, the pace of my walk for me to really think about what is the source of this, you know? And I do that with work. I do that in conversations. And I also do that for things that may not necessarily be quote-unquote bad, like anxiety, I think about the things that get me excited, right? So I always tell people, in my like getting unstuck sessions? If you're at brunch with your girlfriends right now, what is something that you could talk about endlessly for hours and that you would even be willing to like stand on the table and shout about? For me, that's maternal health care. You know, I went through some some terrible experiences with my first uh, child. I lost one of my closest friends to carelessness and childbirth. And so I literally can talk about the subject matter for hours. So for me, I pay attention to that. Okay, well, if this is a subject matter that you're super passionate about, and it's a big gap in our system, how can I contribute to that? How can I start to thrive in a space? Does that mean I'm going to go and be a doula or a pediatrician? No, it may mean maybe I go volunteer, you know, for a walk. Or maybe I go assist at an event. Or maybe I just simply have conversations with the moms around me because that's something that I thrive off of. So it's about really listening to your body to see the things that are either causing negative energy, uh, positive energy, and then leaning into those sources of of those emotions and figuring
0: out how we can build upon them. Mm, That's so important. And something we don't Typically do on our normal everyday to day life, so we mm-hmm. need to create the space <laughs> for it, don't we? hmm mhm-, exactly now it sounds too once you pinpoint the sources, you can make big changes, sure, like career change or you know relationship changes, or you can make subtle changes that could make it big impacts. Mm-hmm. Is it usually either or or both that makes the biggest difference in someone's life? Well, I think that.
1: Most people avoid misalignments because the thought of all of the things that it's going to require to get aligned becomes overwhelming. And we know that overwhelm often leads to us just being paralyzed, us going into depression. Um, and it's because we are looking at things from this huge picture and imagining the 50 million steps. And even that that those 50 million steps in itself can cause stress. Right. And so I think per- personally, the only way to eat an apple is one bite at a time. And this is something that I literally tell myself every single day. So that's why something like writing a list, um, writing a plan. Sometimes we do those things out of habit because, OK, it, we've always known write a to do list. But really, you know, it's the way that our brain functions. Even in scripture, it talks about capturing idle thoughts. Um, and that's actually the, the very first step in um, my Getting Unstuck program is every single thing that comes to your mind, write it down, right? Because when, when all of these these thoughts and these changes and these things that you need to do to get where you want to be, start overcrowding your mind, they actually create a secretion in our brain that causes more stress and anxiety, um, that makes us hungry, that makes us overeat. So the faster that we can actually capture those idols, thoughts, the more we can actually realize, oh, it's really not that bad. And so that's why I personally think that to-do lists, journaling, and then being able to actually chop those things into smaller pieces, whether it is by the day, by the hour. On the days where I feel super overwhelmed, I have to literally write a list and then I put dates next to it and then I section those things into pockets of my day. I also don't like to give myself more than three top priorities per day. Um, This is something that I started adapting right when I had Parker, my oldest, because I would write these long to do lists of 20 things and then I would get two things done and I would feel like a failure because I've gotten, you know, 1% of whatever, 10% of my list done and I feel terrible. But if I only have a list of three and I get two done, guess how much more I feel positive about what I've done in that day. So it's really about these 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 brain hacks, as I like to call them, these life hacks of changing the perspectives to understand. Okay, something that may actually be a huge deal. Maybe it is a career change. Um, for me, I'm thinking about going back and getting a, a master's, um, and so. I could, I mean, I literally stayed up for two hours thinking about all that it would take. I have to take the GRE. I gotta find money. I gotta do this. Where are my kids gonna go? But I realized, okay, let me break this down into steps. First thing, let me schedule a call with someone who's been through this program. Let me figure out if it's something that I even need to be stressing about. You know, from there, let me look at some GRE courses. From there, let me decide what makes sense for my family. You know, and it's like, that could have gone really bad, really fast. But because I know my body and I can feel my anxiety going up, I listen to it and I say, okay, let's take a step back, close all of the Google windows and start with step one, which is making that one phone call. Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely. I love that. So even if it's a big change or a little change, either way, you want to break it down into Mm -hmm. a bite size because then you can do it one day at a time and you don't get overwhelmed by the whole process. I believe so many times people stay where they are even though they don't like it because they're scared mm-hmm. of change or Absolutely. they're uncomfortable <laughs> with with the change. And it's scary. It really is, you know. I I
1: I tried to I think that that's something that I've learned in this season. Um this past year I would say actually I'm coming up on my 1 year anniversary of what I just call like living hell Um, basically I I was supposed to be closing on my house at the end of September it didn't happen October first we went from you know living in our our house to living out of suitcases with my mom for almost three months got into a car accident totaled our car um, was in the hospital with the stomach virus my son had a seizure literally all in a three-week span in October last year and then from there life just went all the way down um and so what i learned in that season which i think was very very necessary and, I, and to be honest i'm still quite frankly in that season but what i've learned number one is that it's okay to be okay to be afraid you know like i think that when people would ask me like how do you feel for the first time i would say like i'm really angry i'm really sad i'm depressed i had to get on medication you know i had to like i had to really vocalize like that or those things that you maybe feel anxious about telling someone because it's important for us to be with those feelings you know and I think that for me this season personally I think is going to make me so much more relatable to my future clients and and the people that will go through these same things but it's about okay knowing like these this is scary you know like a change in a career, leaving behind a salary, having a kid, like everyone will be quick to say, oh, it'll work out. God's got you. And yes, those things are true. And I do believe them, but that doesn't make me less scared, you know? And so the more that I can own, I'm in a season of unknown where I don't wake up, you know, full of like, oh my God, I can accomplish the day every day. I can be okay with that because I know that the more that I embrace, this season of like feeling my emotions, the better I'll learn how to cope with them because I'll actually understand them better because I've gone inward to know what are are the sources of the fear, of the anxiety, of the pain.
0: Well, and I think then then you move through them so much faster because when we keep them at arm's length and we say, well, I'm not going to feel that. I'm just Mm going to stay here. I'm not going to, I don't want to feel fear Or, or maybe we do and we aren't even acknowledging it. Because there's sometimes shame around that. I don't, you know, i I feel shameful that I'm so scared or whatever it is. We judge exactly. ourselves all the time. But when we own it, right, and we're like, dude, this is what's going on right now, mm-hmm. it can help us to move through it.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I agree.
0: So you've talked off camera, we talked a bit about mind hacks and that you're really interested in emotionally helping people move through it so they can get to the other side. Do you have a favorite mind hack? that you typically do? Yeah,
1: so you know, I think it it's all about number one understanding. Like, I don't think that we all have to be neuroscientists, but I've always told people like the more you can become emotionally connected to things by understanding why things are the way they are, the more you can perform. So like the things that people are typically trying to hack into. It's like, how can I be more successful? How can I be more productive? How can I be happier? And so being able to figure out, number one, what, Call, what causes those things? You know, like what increases energy? What increases happiness? How do we release happy drugs, right? Like, I, I just uh, had my third kid and I had a, a V bag. And for those of y'all that don't know, that's a vaginal birth after a cesarean. I actually had a vaginal birth after two cesareans, which is really not even legal in most hospitals. But one of the things that I did with this pregnancy was I did hypnobabies, which is all about creating anesthesia with your mind. And when you hear that, you think, oh, hypnosis, that's like crazy. That's like pulling a rabbit out of a hat. But really what it is, is it's something that can actually be a brain hack for life because it's about you creating and visualizing things and learning how to release certain secretions into your body, right? So when you think about in the hospital, things that you hear during labor, like Pitocin, right? That is just a synthetic version of oxytocin that we produce naturally. Like every single medicine on the market is really probably just a synthetic version of stuff that we actually can naturally produce. We can do that through our diets. We can do that through things like touch and feeling and happiness, right? So it's really about hacking into understanding what creates what. So, I mean, I know for me, when it comes to me knowing how to be most productive, my biggest hack, and most people, a lot of people do this these days, is intermittent fasting. Right. Um, I think that that's probably the simplest thing that people can do, because you would think, oh, well, I need food to like, you know, to get through the day. But really, I have seen some of my clearest vision and my most creativity when I have no sugar, no carbs in me, um, because my body is like performing at peak. Right. And so it's like when you know that sugar and carbs and things like that can actually weigh down on your productivity then you you hack into how can you not do that as much? You know, um, I know that if I am going and traveling for work and I mean, and, and and I work in marketing and branding too. So, you know, that's, you show up and somebody says, I want this, this, and this. And you have to come up with a storyline in in minutes and seconds. And it's like, you can only do that when you're like, when you're just like super peaked out. So when I go and travel, I'm literally only drinking like bulletproof coffee. You know, I'm fasting through the morning because I can be very, very sharp. So I think that we have to know like what are the inputs and the outputs that actually create our brain's optimal position. And you can read books about that, right? So like one of my favorite ones is, um, I think it's called... Uh, uh, who who moved my brain or something like that by Caroline Leaf? I'm saying I'm screwing that up. But uh, switch switch yeah. yeah which on your brain. (laughs) That's one of my favorite ones. Um, And then I also like to pick up just like books that talk about like, you know, how to tap into like releasing some of those like natural secretions to help with like your happiness, Um, whether that's like hugging on your spouse more, kissing on your spouse more, you know, eating the right foods. Um, Those are things that are cliche, like diet and exercise. But it's like, once you know how they work, the better. I remember when I I was a vegan for six years and I tell people the reason why I was a vegan for so long in just straight cold turkey was because I read a book called Skinny Bitch. And in the book, she just made it so graphic around like food uh, production in America. So every time I would see it, I would have this emotional connection. So I'm like, oh, I can't do that. Right. So it's like finding some type of hack that's going to make you emotionally tied to the outcome. Typically, is something I tell people to do all the time. Like before you start a diet, go watch a documentary about the diet so that every time you're triggered to do something, you have created a pin in your mind on like why you got on this track.
0: Mm, oh my gosh, so many good nuggets for sure. <laughs> and I love that not only can we rewire our thought habits, but you're also saying we can do things on purpose to release our own um, hormones, you know, uh-huh. to decrease cortisol and increase oxy, oxy what did you say, oxy? Oh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> and which helps us to feel better Um, be emotionally connected to the outcome. I mm-hmm. think that's huge because how many times do we say we want something? And then as soon as it gets hard, we give up. Mm-hmm. I mean, every exactly. time I'm like, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. Then I'm like, well, there's wine at lunch. That's more important. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. But when I did my bodybuilding competition, I went to a show to go watch it. And behind me, the people were like making fun of the girls on stage. They're being super rude, but they were saying things like, oh, go eat another burger because they were not as lean as some of the others. And so during my whole bodybuilding competition prep, I kept thinking, I do not want people to say that about me. I was emotionally connected (laughs) to being on stage and I was like, I am so determined. And so I would say, I can have this cookie, but not today. Mm-hmm. I can have this pizza, but not today. Today's not the day to have that. You know what I mean? And I really right. had to coach myself through it. But I think being emotionally connected to what I wanted was a big piece of that. Puzzle. Absolutely. I'm sure. <laughs> I
1: still I still am in awe that you went through there. You looked amazing.
0: <laughs> it was really, I'm like, I wish I should have taken more pictures. I didn't know it would go away so fast. <laughs> 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 oh, so fun. So I love that you've been able to take you know, decades of, of not just marketing and sales experience, but really helping people get the life they want by really triggering them to show up every single day in their own life, because it's different for everybody. So yeah. I'm sure there's other, there's things that are important to some that might not be as important to others, especially based on the season of their life. So how can people learn more from you? I
1: right now have like I said I've been in this this really really long season of <laughs> you know Denise and now and I'll tell you this is I haven't shared this on any of my podcasts but a lot of the things that I'm doing right now I have been unintentionally doing for almost 10 years and then I say that because I found a notebook in my mom's house. So literally I'm in my mom's house and I'm like just got through a busy week of like all of this prep for like my my new um, community that I'm building out. And I walk into my childhood room and I say, God, if I am on the right path, if I'm doing what is meant to be done, like just give me a sign. So I'm literally looking for any sign in the room. (laughs) And then my eyes just come to this really pink and purple neon notebook. And I started going through it. And it's one of my journals from almost a decade ago. And what was so crazy was that, I had listed out the initial journal almost to the T the exact thing that I'm building out today. And talk about alignments, right? Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, it always says, like, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. You know, and I always think about just, like, even in the Word, he talks about, like, until you're truly ready or until you, you believe, you won't even be able to see the things that, like, are in the Word. And so sometimes when I feel like God is being, like, really silent or I can't hear, I I know that that's when I need to go inward because my heart is not aligned with his goals for me, right? And so I say all that to say that this last year um, has been a a fight between what's comfortable, which, you know, for me has always been direct sales and marketing and making (laughs) that top 150 list at our company. Like that was like my jam. You know, that's what I was really good at. But then I heard a, a word from, TD Jakes, where he said, you know, don't get stuck in your current blessing so much so that you block your future blessing. And so, while, you know, I had a ton of success in sales and marketing, I knew that even in that, what I provided the most value to with my team and, and my clients was being able to help them rediscover themselves. And so what I have done is I have created a platform called The Reminder Remedy. Most people know that for me um, because that's the name of my podcast. And, and the tagline on the podcast is everything that you need is everything you got. And that is basically all about us realizing the internal gifts that we have but understanding that there's work to be done to get emotionally aligned, to, to see those things and uncover them. And so I'm taking it a step further by building out not just the Reminder Remedy uh, podcast, but really building out this full community. Um, and so it, it is a subscription community that will be available for people, for the full public in um, the top of 2020. But in the next 90 days, I will be releasing it to what I'm gonna call my founding 50. So this will be an application process, um, and it's really for women, and I like to refer to us as evolved women. And and, and by that, I mean people that are open to the understanding of the mind, the understanding of human connection, um, the importance of the way that we see our brain and the power of our brain and and really the people that are not afraid to read books like A New Earth and Seed of the Soul. Like it can't just be somebody that's like, oh, you know, I just want to do a few affirmations and hopefully they work. Like it's really for the person that wants to go a little bit deeper, you know? And so uh, in the community, Every month, people will get exposed to professionals in the space around emotional intelligence, emotional health and social connectivity. They'll also get uh, packages every month that will be through me, but also anybody that's helping to sponsor that particular package that month. And the whole purpose is really when you look at the statistics, we see an alarming amount of millennials in particular going through you know, these, these quarter life crisis is, is the, 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 the term for it. And then even more alarming numbers around women who are dealing with depression and anxiety. And so I created this community for us to really understand from a holistic standpoint, how do we do this? Um, the simplest form is like, how do we cope with adulting? You know, I feel like we had counselors our whole life, you know, growing up, we had our parents, then we got into school, we had our school counselor, our college counselor, but then in that biggest, most impactful moment of transitioning from college into careers, We're left alone to figure it out, how to be adults, how to be parents, how to show up for work, how to not get down on ourselves when things start to switch it up. And so my goal is to create a community where women can plug in every single day, every single week to really learn coping strategies and tools for them to show up in their lives from an emotionally healthy space every single day. And so people can find me on AlinaConley.com. They can follow me on Instagram at Alina Conley, as well as on my community page at The Reminder Remedy. And then they can subscribe to my podcast on Apple, Spotify, Anchor. It's just The Reminder Remedy. And from there, they will be the first to know about their opportunity to potentially become a part of the founding 50 or join this space um, at the top of the year if it's something that they think will add value to their life.
0: Awesome. Awesome. You guys, all of the links will be in the show notes below, but Elena, you have not only, you know, you're, 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 you're walking the talk, you're doing it yourself and you're experiencing your own transformation. And it's really been fun to get to know you over the past few years and really see you blossom, you know, stepping into who you, who you are and then showing up fully for the world. And I think you're offering an amazing space for people to do that too. Thank you so
1: much, Denise. I appreciate
0: you having me on today. Absolutely. I've got two last questions for you. Okay. (laughs) My last one question is, who are you learning from now? Like what books are you reading or are your
1: favorites? Right now I have magazines. I'm not like reading any novel right now. I have a, a magazine subscription that's all about mental health um, and emotional intelligence. And so it's multiple authors, but I like it because it helps me to really pinpoint some of the things that I think will be connect and and give content. Um, So I'm not actually reading a book right now. I'm reading periodicals, I guess you can call it. But I'm also obsessing over all things (laughs) And So, you know, everything on my social media right now is like, oh, what's your Instagram number? Like me and my husband are learning so much about ourselves, but also how to interact with each other. So a lot of the stuff that I'll probably be building out is going to be around that. So anybody that is the expert on that. I'm following them. I get them, I'm getting their newsletters. Like I'm all into those personality hacks
0: right now. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And then you mentioned a new earth and then you mentioned another book. What was that one? It's called Seat of the Soul. Seat of the Soul. Okay. Yes.
1: Both Oprah's favorites. They're pretty similar. Seat of the Soul is probably an easier
0: read than a new earth, but pretty similar. <laughs> okay, cool. I have the, the new earth, but I ha- don't have the other one. And then one last question is, what is one thing you do every day that you couldn't live without?
1: Oh, I mean, I just got to stick with the, the the truth and that's coffee. <laughs> so, you know, I am a coffee connoisseur. In a perfect world, I will open up my own coffee shop, but I also really, really love like the the space that it creates for me. So typically like, you know, I have, I have a Keurig. I have a French press. I have a regular coffee machine. I have an espresso. So the the whole experience ritual looks like, what do I what do I want to pick today? You know, do I want to do some butter coffee? Do I want to do a cappuccino? Um, It's become this ritual in my life, and I talk a lot about like rituals and habits in my program. But it makes it where I can own the day you know, although the ca- the caffeine gives me energy. And if I'm doing, you know, something with like some nootropics or something, it's going to give me more brain hacks. I like switching it up. But for me, it's more about like showing up for the day and taking that, you know, 10 minutes for myself. Even if I have a million kids running around me, like when I'm in my coffee shop, as I call it, that is like me time. And it's just the time for me to like just get ready for the day. And I, and I had to say that because everybody knows I'm a coffee lover. And that's like the one thing that's just not going to not happen on any given
0: day. (laughs) (laughs) No matter where in the world you are, you'll have your coffee and it's going to feel so good. Yep. (laughs) You are emotionally tied to the outcome absolutely (laughs) (laughs) all right well oh my goodness it was so great to reconnect with you you guys all of elena's content will be in the show notes below check out the reminder remedy and then the program when she launches it it sounds like something that is absolutely going to help bridge the gap from where you are to where you want to be so thank you so so much thank you